Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And we are going to be recapping everything that happened in week 10, a beautiful stress-free week of NFL football because the Kansas City Chiefs were not playing. Travis Kelsey was busy going home to Taylor Swift in Argentina. Um, and Patrick Mahomes was, I'm assuming, I don't know, just recording more State Farm commercials. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what he does in his free time because um, his wife is only famous because of him and not a giant pop star. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the Chiefs didn't play, but a lot of other teams did, and we'll talk about that. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk about the new film from the creepiest mainstream director on the planet that doesn't just make horror movies that is david fincher's the killer um a beautiful wonderful film that i think changed my girlfriend's opinion of me as a person so yeah and we'll find out if that's for good or for or for worse exactly good fantastic tease david you're so good at this um so let's get into it let's let's talk about football and a man who kills people Speaking of getting killed, um, the the Bills are bad. I, they didn't get killed by the Broncos. They lost to the Broncos um, on Monday Night Football in tragic fashion. It was a classic, like, Bills are just trying to give this game away game. Um, the turnovers were ridiculous. Um, they just cannot hold on to the ball. It's been a problem for them all season. Josh Allen is a turnover machine. He's been a turnover machine his entire career. It's obviously seems magnified this year because they are losing more games than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, they have already fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, 24 hours afterwards. David, do you agree with the decision to fire the OC or do you think that's just a scapegoat? Well, I mean, if he hadn't put a 12th guy out there on defense, then they uh, wouldn't have lost that game. Exactly. Um, I I don't know. I Part of me is leaning scapegoat. I mean, you look at the statistics of this Bills offense, and they're actually like top five in just about every offensive category. On third down, they're successful. In the red zone, they're successful. Um, they're efficient in many ways, but what's the one – you know, one of the biggest ways they're not efficient, keeping the ball. And um, I I don't know if that's on Ken. Um, man, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, maybe, I'm, like, I, I don't know. But I, looking just at pure numbers and results, the softens outside of the turnovers is scoring points and is pretty stinking efficient. I So I, maybe the turnovers are on him and that like he's not controlling I don't controlling might be the wrong word but Josh Allen and reeling him back you know hey we don't need to take these risks risks hey we don't need to do this but just looking at it from the outside I'm like I I don't know if this I don't know if Ken was the guy to uh to attack here Uh, I, I feel like maybe even is Sean McDermott more to blame than Ken Dorsey I don't know I mean their entire team as a whole doesn't look good their offense is obviously not playing well um last night was again a, a mistake filled game they still had two 369 yards but four turnovers 
Um, I mean, they out they outgained the Broncos. The Broncos had less turnovers. The Broncos had one more first down. Um, so they obviously had a lot of stalled drives. The defense didn't play great either. Now you can't. It's really hard to blame a defense in a game when you turn the ball over four times because that means the defense is working on less rest and oftentimes a short field as well. And that's going to make everything more difficult. Um, so that's it's pretty clear. Um, but I, it, their their special teams doesn't seem that together either. Uh, and I, they just they're in a rut. Like they're they are five and five right now. I think what's crazy to me, David, the Denver Broncos are four and five. They are one game under five hundred right now. Um, which, if you would have told me after the Broncos let the Dolphins hang a 70 burger on them that they would beat the bills and the chiefs and be only one game below 500. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much credit we really need to give Sean Payton. Um, but maybe it's more than we have been giving him recently. The, the bills, it's a head scratcher. Honestly, I, at the beginning of the season thought they're one of the teams that was going to be there at the end, just because they have been, the roster didn't change that much from previous years. They still have the core guys together that they had in the past. And yeah, they don't have Dayball again, but they didn't have Dayball last year, and everything seemed to work out fine for them. And I agree with you that I don't know that their offense is necessarily the problem, or at least maybe the play calling. Unless, unless you're looking into it and seeing that Josh Allen um, is turning the ball over because of poor play calling. But one of the... like. The pick last Gabe Davis should have caught the first intercept like that. That should not have been an interception. That was a mm-hmm. Tyree kill interception right there. That's a, one of those interceptions should have gone to the wide receiver, hit him in the hands in stride. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what more do you want Josh to do? I, I just, but I, I, I don't, don't know. blame though. Then when Allen just drops that handoff, like it just, the ball just falls out of his hand at the end. I don't know if you were watching the game at that point, mm-hmm. but that last turnover where Josh just literally drops the ball. I don't know if I've seen it before. So, and I, you miss. I don't. I think maybe you misheard me. I don't think like I think maybe Ken isn't the problem. I think the offense is the problem. I think the defense has been fine. I mean, if you had told me the Broncos scored another touchdown at five minutes left in the fourth quarter to make it twenty-one, mm-hmm. so if you had told me at six minutes left in the game the Broncos only had scored fifteen points against this Bills team, usually as a Bills fan, I'm like, oh, okay, then we're probably up. Because, you know, at that point, what, the Bills, you can expect this Bills team to have at least 20, 25 points. I mean, I don't know. I, giving up 15 points through three quarters is, I, I don't know, is that that's not necessarily bad. So I feel like the defense, you know, and I know there's injuries, but guys, like the Texans had 22 people on their, their injured injury report throughout the week. And they're five and four with a rookie quarterback and a first year head coach and just beat the Bengals. So I feel like at this point, we can't even use ex- injuries as an excuse because like every team's injured, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's really, it's, it's a head scratcher. I think everyone's like, is it the defense? Is it Ken? Is Josh who the skeptics thought he was? And is he the same quarterback that was in high school and college? And, you know, has he been maybe put on this pedestal of, of a quarterback that, he really isn't. I don't know. There's just a lot of like questions and a lot of we don't necessarily know the answer. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that Josh is still good. I think that maybe this is just a year that the the gunslinger thing is not working out for them. You know what? The weird thing is 
though, and, and the thing we would complain about with the Bills a lot was that, gosh, they just don't have any run game. They have no run game, and that's where they struggle. And their run game isn't, and it's not like the Ravens. It's not explosive. You know, it's not crazy. They're averaging 116 yards per game on the ground. They're, they're having over 100 yards a game. Yeah. You know, they have over 1,100 yards through 10 games right now on the ground. So the old, like, excuse that used to be thrown out for the Bills' offense of, like, yeah, they don't have a reliable run game. That's why Josh has to do this. That's not true this year. It's I mean, it's not like it's setting league records or anything, but it's a far better run game than the Chiefs have, you know? So I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I it's difficult for me to believe, and it's because we have such high expectations, I think, for the Bills based on what they've done in the past. That Josh Allen has just fallen off a cliff like this, I, I don't get that. And it, we had the same conversations about Burrow, and they lost a head scratcher as well against the Texans. That's a game they should have won that they gave away. Um, I, I just, it's weird that these guys just seem to regress. And I'm saying this in a year where Mahomes is having an off year as well. I mean, he's not playing as bad as, um, Josh Allen, and obviously his team is performing much better, but. Mahomes is also having an off year. And I wonder if maybe we just built these quarterbacks up a little too much. And we're like, these are the next guys that are taking over. Um, And I also think that people forget that, you know, that it's like Aaron Rodgers has had bad years. Big Ben had bad years. Tom Brady doesn't, you know, Tom Brady was the greatest of all time. You can't be like, he's the next Tom Brady. I think that's been a disservice to Mahomes his whole career. And Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, like, calling them Peyton Manning is pretty as a disservice to them as well, or Drew Brees. Like, I think maybe we rushed a little too much, but it is kind of wild how, how just bad they are playing. Yeah. I think what's different from the bills and the Bengals though, is that like you can take any year at any point, any time span and Josh Allen has led the league in interceptions. There's been this consistent thing. Number two, since the day he stepped into the Bengals facility, Bills facility, excuse me, there's been this like up and down curve of like he goes off one game and he's off the next. Like I, that, I feel like those two things have been consistent with Josh Allen. I heard an analyst today compare Josh Allen, and I want to get your thoughts, to Russell Westbrook. Sometimes a play is made and you're like, wow, I'm captivated. Man, this guy's an athlete. What a play. And then other times a play is made and you're like, what in the freaking crap was that? Like, why would you make that decision? Like, you know, he talked about, you'll see the highest of the highs sometimes and the lowest of the lows. Uh, and, you know, I don't watch NBA nearly as much as you do. Um, but I was like, honestly, I could see that. But I want to get your thoughts as someone who watches Russ a lot more than I do and other NBA players. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's actually a pretty fair comparison if you look at. I think Russell Westbrook now has tainted a lot of people's vision of what he was as a player in his prime. I mean, yes, he was stat padding when he was doing that triple double season himself, but he was legitimately one of the most dangerous athletes on an NBA court, uh, probably ever in the history of that league. Um, and he was pretty up and down. And he's always been up and down shooting. I think you got to give Allen a little bit of credit and that Russ never did it by himself in the by himself in the playoffs. I guess you could argue the the football basketball comparisons start to fall apart when like in basketball you always need two superstars in football you need multiple superstars but the quarterback is always going to be by far the biggest. Um so like you know it's hard to say like 
Josh Allen ever had a Kevin Durant on his team because the only equivalent you could think of to Kevin Durant would be another great quarterback. Like there's not really, you couldn't be like a wide receiver as Kevin Durant. Yeah. 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 Like maybe, maybe Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey would be good enough to reach like that echelon, but still. Um, But I think it's, I think it's definitely, it's definitely an apt comparison and yeah, the kind of plays they make. Cause Josh Allen is, he's thrown 19 touchdowns um, this season. And so, I mean, he's, it's not an amazing pace, but he's not like, terrible in terms of that but he does have 11 picks and like you said this is a consistent thing for him this has always been true and that he always turns the ball over and that's why when he was getting you know um gunslinger comparisons a lot of people have thrown out brett Favre because brett Favre famously it was a gunslinger but a turnover machine um and so he has two more touchdowns than mahomes but three more picks Right now, he has five more touchdowns than Burrow, but five more picks as well. Um, and yeah, maybe it's just maybe he's having a bad bounce. We know that turnover luck is a thing, and sometimes you just get a year where you're the passes that you threw that weren't interceptions last year are this year. But they, the thing you could say about the Bills is that the, anytime they played um, bad teams, they would just beat the crap out of them. That's what they mm-hmm. did last year. That's yeah. that was their hallmark. They would just eviscerate bad teams. Now they have eviscerated some teams this year, but they haven't done it in the past five weeks. And it's they definitely peaked with that Miami game and then have completely fallen off a cliff since. And I don't really understand how it has gone so wrong for them when all the pieces that were there, the same guys that were there last year, had so much success. So. Yeah, I, you know, we, I know we don't want to spend too much time, but kind of the final thing I, I'll say, dude, this schedule only gets harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, going through uh, their last seven games, they play the Jets at home. They lost to the Jets week one, uh, division game. They play at the Eagles. Looks like they have their bye week. Then they go to the Chiefs. They go at Arrowhead Stadium. After mm-hmm. that, they're playing the Cowboys at home. Then they go to the Chargers. Play the Patriots, which hey, looks like a win, but they that's another team they lost to. Definitely. And it's another divisional game. Which is Definitely just weird. Needs to be a win. There's no way they can lose that game. And then they finish at the Dolphins. Nathan, I went through this earlier and like being like realistic, I see like eight and nine. They're five and five right now. I see a win at the Jets, six and five. I see them losing three in a row. Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys. Um and then I see them. Let's see, where am I at? Six and five, six, 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 seven, six, eight. Uh, and I have them beating the Chargers, get back game. Chargers kind of tend to drop big games. And then I have them beating the Patriots and losing to the Dolphins, eight and nine. Maybe that Cowboys game, maybe they win that one, but nine and eight still. I don't know if even nine and eight, is that good enough to get into the playoffs with the way the AFC looks this year? Mm-hmm. Um, no. I mean, it, it's not. Uh, they're on the outside looking in. I don't. I don't really see a strategy because you you have to hope that the Bengals finish worse than you. The The issue is the AFC North. That's what's going to cause problems because mm-hmm. the AFC North has the Bengals, the Ravens, and honestly, the Browns and the, like the Bengals are in last place in the North at five and four right now. 
Crazy. Cleveland six and three, Pittsburgh six, six and three, Baltimore seven and three. If you pick one of those teams to fall off, I think it's Pittsburgh um, because I don't think the just they are they have a negative point differential this year. They're they're net minus twenty six point differential. I just don't see that keeping up and them able yeah. to to stay there. But even if you are, you're counting those probably three teams from that division, which leaves you with one wild card spot left. At that one wild card spot, I I mean the, the Texans and the Jags, I are are one of those two teams is definitely going to make the playoffs because they're going to win the division. I think the other one might finish with a good enough record to to they're definitely going to be better than nine and eight, or they might be at nine and eight. If it's the Jags that are at nine and eight, then the Jags have a head to head over the Bills. So. I, I don't think it's good enough. I think the, the AFC is too good um, at this yeah. moment that, that I don't see that happening. Well, but, that's kind of where they're like screwed over is their conference record. Yeah, they might win enough, but they're two and five in conference and they're going to lose every tiebreaker. So like you're really behind now. It's it's tough, man. They need to steal like they need to act. Honestly, they need to win two out of the next three. Yeah, they I have think. to be Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, two of those three. Probably. I mean, I, th- I think you would have to do that in order to have a shot. Um, and they need to win their division games. You have to beat the Patriots. You have to beat the Jets. Like you, you can't, you can't not beat those teams. Yeah. You have to get wins of them because you already lost to them once. So you got to at least even the series. I don't know. It's tough. Um, and I, I really just, I, I was, I won't lie. I was shocked. Um, with how bad they're playing. I kind of thought mm-hmm. that maybe this week would be the week that they woke up and they didn't. Um, nope. So, and speaking of shocked by how people are playing, the Houston Texans are five and four. Um, CJ Stroud didn't have an amazing game. If you look at the stat sheet, 350 yards, but he did have a touchdown to pick. Um, I mean, he pretty much dead even with Joe Burrow that game who had two touchdowns, but also two picks. Um, but he led a game winning drive. They got the ball back with a minute 33 left. Um, and six plays, 55 yards, set up a Matt Amendola, 38 yard field goal. Did exactly what he needed to do after kind of some, some not great decision-making that led to 10 unanswered points from the Bengals to tie it up. And it seemed like, all the momentum was against Houston, the rookie quarterback. Um, they haven't really been in this spot before because this team has been so bad the last couple of years that they haven't really been competing like this, especially against a team like the Bengals. The Bengals have a you know clutch pedigree. They have a winning pedigree, and they just scored 10 points. It seemed like all the momentum was on their side, and I, I honestly did. I was, I was like, okay, the Texans lost. Like That's really frustrating, and then they just – they drove down the field. Um, I don't think I thought CJ Stroud was going to be this good, David. I, I'm assuming you didn't either. I didn't, um, especially this this soon. Do you think the Bengals um, gave this game away? Because I kind of am of that opinion. I feel like the, my feelings at the end of the game. Or do you think that the Texans were just good enough to win it outright? I think there can be a little bit of both. Um, I think without a doubt, this Bengals team is one of the most talented teams in the league, and I think they have the talent 
to beat this Texas team. Uh, even though their Bengal, even though their defense lost some players, Lou Anarumo. I mean, we've seen the whole year. Like it's been a really good defense. I just, I don't know. Um, I think it was a little bit of we kind of screwed that up, guys. But then also maybe the Texans came in and maybe punched them in the mouth a little harder than they thought they'd get punched. Uh, I don't think anybody thought the Texans would be five and four right now. Um, and so now we're all of a sudden there's a seven seed in the wild card all of a sudden, and their schedule is not terribly difficult. They got the Cardinals, the Jags, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. The benefits like, of not having a good record from last year. You can beat not the Cardinals. Play t- good teams down the stretch. Yeah, you can beat the Cardinals. You can beat the Jets. You can steal a Titans game. You can beat the Colts again. That's four wins. That's nine wins right there. And that you know that's. Not to mention if they can beat the Jags or if the, you know, there's a chance. Um, these these guys are playing to, for D'Amico Ryan's, and I'm happy for him. Uh, and it's just you just don't see this like a first year head coach with what we thought would be this abysmal roster. Mm-hmm. They're finding success, and I think maybe they found the hidden gem in C.J. Stroud. I mean, they they did get the two the second pick, so I guess is it really a hidden gem? But I think a lot of people were like, uh, it's another Ohio State quarterback. Bryce Young needs to be the get. And right now, man, CJ's CJ's looking really good. Mm-hmm. And so I just yeah, I I now I do think there I there's a lot of talk CJ Stroud should be leading the MVP case. Um I, I do think that is just it's another week of the media overreacting. Uh right for a little bit it was Tua, then it was Patrick, uh, and then it was Burrow. And then it was Lamar, for, and then he had an awful game last week, and now they've moved to somebody else. So I, I do think we need to chill. Mahomes will probably have a great game against the Eagles, and it'll be like, oh yeah, it's why? How did we ever forget it was Mahomes? You know. So I mean, not to, he he is fifteen and two right now with twenty six hundred yards. Like yeah, the fif- fifteen and two is impressive. It is. Um, not often that you see after this many games a rookie has the least amount of interceptions among starting quarterbacks. Like that's yeah. That's when it helped not, his streak to start the year, also helped that. I can't remember how many he went. He set the NFL record. Didn't I, think he it was, for, I think it was eight games. I, I believe. I believe it was eight games, but I'm not 100 percent sure. It's seven or eight games. Yeah. Um. So. But David, um, how do you think this affects the Bengals' chances at um, making the playoffs? I know we just talked about the Bills. Um, I think if you are looking at the Bengals schedule beforehand, you kind of chalk this as a win. If you're talking about before the season, you're thinking this is definitely a win. I think even after their bad start, you're talking about, okay, this is one of our games that we can turn around and win this game and be back on the right track. They're obviously, like we said, last place in the North right now. Um, I I know that that's, it's obviously we're halfway through the season. Um, but how do you feel? Um, about about the Bengals' chances of making the playoffs? Well, two things. I think it's similar to the Bills. One, with how tough the AFC is, every time, like, the later you lose, the harder it gets. But also, that conference record, um, and I'm going to pull this up real quick. They are, they're, they're they're one, one and four. four. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, they could rattle off some wins, um, but you're going to lose every tiebreaker being one and four in the conference. You've lost to the Ravens. Now they play them this Thursday. They turn around quick. Uh, Hubbard and Hendrickson got hurt on their defense, which is not ideal. 
No. And I, I think they're very questionable to play. They may not play at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you've lost the Browns. Now you've lost the Texans. All of these teams that are above you, um, you still have to play the Chiefs. You know, I don't know if they're playing the Dolphins. Uh, I guess I could look real quick. But, like, you've dug yourself a pretty deep hole. Not only do you have to win out, more or less, but now it's like, well, let's hope we're not tied because we're not going to get a tiebreaker. Yep. So, now, you know, Burrow... I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think he just about every playoff game he's played has been on the road in his short career. Yeah. And obviously that's not really been an issue because they've made a couple AFC championship games. They've beat the chiefs and one in arrowhead. So like, can the bills win a road playoff game? Uh, Bengals, excuse me, win a road playoff game. Yes. But like, you don't, you don't want to make it harder on yourself. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's tough. I, it's really tough. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. I still think they make it in, and I think if they're yeah. the seventh seed, that's got to be terrifying. If you're the two, that makes that one so much more valuable. Honestly, yeah, I just right now like it'd be he, the Ravens. It'd be a tiebreaker. Yeah, assuming the Bengals win this week, you know. Yeah, um, and I mean they have they've only played two division games. Both them and the Steelers have only played two division games, so they obviously have a lot more room there. They are zero two in the division right now, but they have a lot of room to improve. I, I mean, it's the same thing with the Bills, but I think they're in a better situation um, because we've yeah. seen improvement from them recently. Um, and they were in this game with a team that's playing well. Like, no matter what you thought of the Texans at the beginning of the year, I think they've proven that they're just they're kind of just a good team um, and that you have to kind of respect that. So, um, I don't... They're one game from being first in the South. Right. Because they should the Jags. I am not confident in the Jaguars. I'll just say that right now. I, I tell me a good team that they've beaten. So I got to get to their schedule, but I, honestly, I don't. Maybe the Bills. The Bills in London is probably their best win. And that was kind season. of there was their staple win. But as the Bills continue to lose, it's almost like whoa. It makes it they win did, look worse. They beat the six and three Steelers, but yeah, it's been kind of Falcons, Colts, Colts mm-hmm. lost to the Texans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Anyway, uh, I do think that the Texans have a good shot at winning the South, and I think that the Bengals will still make the playoffs. It just, it's difficult to, for me to believe that there is going to be a possibility in the AFC that of Pat, Joe, and Josh that only one of those guys is going to be playing in the postseason. Because, I mean, Wild. as much as you can, the Chiefs obviously could have an epic collapse. Of course, that's still always a possibility. But they're gonna pretty much lock up a playoff spot in the next couple of weeks hopefully and so um that's crazy from there it's just i mean the chiefs are really being helped out by the fact that the second best team in their division on paper is the raiders which is just it's that's insane um to think about but Speaking of the Chiefs division, last thing before we get to, we're going to do a little mid-season awards here. Uh, Lions-Chargers. Amazing football game. Fan, just just fantastic. Very, very, pre- very predictable. And that's what I was about to say next. Incredibly, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. No, you're good. Inc- exactly what I was expecting. Um, the Lions defense can't stop a leaky faucet, and neither can the Chargers. And it just it just went exactly how you felt it was going to go. And it obviously 41-38. I mean, um the teams were pretty much even actually the 
after the first quarter, the the Lions won the first quarter ten to three, and then the Chargers outscored them by four the rest of the way, obviously. Um, and it just seemed like nobody was gonna stop anybody. I mean, the Lions went for a fourth and sixth and called a run play. And got it. Who does that? Whew. Like that's that's crazy. Nobody does that. That's insane. Um, and it's the same like Gosh, Keenan Allen, like how many of our – I would trade eight wide receivers for Keenan Allen. Man. He's so It's crazy good. like he's having a healthy year and he's just – he's tearing it up. He's he's so good. Um, he's just makes the most – it seems like every week he makes a catch that you're like, how, how do you do that? I don't, I don't understand how he did that. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing. The Chargers have a defensive-minded head coach. They gave up 41 points at home. And, you know, Herbert played well. He had a pick, but he four touchdown passes, 300 yards. Like, how often are the Chargers going to go through this cycle before they change something? Yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, We heard the same thing from Staley. I got to be better. This one's on me. Um, I think this game, I know we were talking about this last week of like, is it really just Staley? I think this game proves that most of it is Staley. Like, Herbert throws three twenty-three and four touchdowns, isn't sacked once. Like, yeah, he threw a pick, but like, I think if we have a Mahomes stat line, we're like, that's a good. We'll take that. He had to pick, yeah, but four tutties, no sacks, over three hundred yards. That's a good game from Mahomes. Like, I, that's a defensive-minded coach, and that's the side of the ball that's just not playing well. And um, the lines are good, they are. Um, but the Chiefs held that offense to fourteen points. Um. And, you know, but Ravens held him to six. Um, so I I don't know, man. It's just weird. And I know like, we've Chargers' ownership has had a history of being super cheap, um, which is why they paid a guy like Brandon Staley and didn't go for, like, a big name for Big Bunny because they like to play it safe. So maybe that's why. I, I, I don't know. But, man, there, uh, there are some valuable players. There's some very good talent there right now that – I feel like they're just wasting away because mm-hmm. uh, they they owe a lot of money next year, a lot of money, and they're not going to be able to keep most of these guys. Not most, but all of these guys. You got to pay pay Herbert now. So I don't know, dude. I don't know. If Justin Herbert is on a better team, he's the MVP. Twenty three hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, five picks. I I mean. The the Chargers have a plus twenty four point differential. They're a game game below five hundred. Um, they're in third place. I honestly, I, I think this just the AFC West. You just look at the numbers and you're like, wow, look at how good each team. Like the uh, the Chiefs are ahead, obviously, but you got five and five, and the other two teams are four and five. I it, the Chargers are the second best team in this division. Yeah, I, I think that's clear. But anybody who watches the games, like the it's obvious. I mean, there's an, again, I can just keep going to point differential. The Broncos are minus 56 on point differential this year because they got blown out by 50, uh, which helps. But the Raiders who are five and five right now are minus 33 point differential and watching a Raiders game is like tearing your, I mean, they shouldn't have beat the jets. They almost let Zach Wilson throw a hail Mary. And the you know what game they won last week against the other terrible team from New York who shouldn't be even playing high school football, like I don't, 
the Chargers should easily be able to get a wild card spot just with the division that we play in because they should win those those four games every year, maybe split one with the Chiefs, and then they that's five wins, and you just have to go out and just pick a couple more. And, I mean, this is a game against one of the better teams they're going to play this year, but still, it's like how many times are we going to make the excuses for the Chargers? Be like, oh, they're loaded, you know, on paper, best team in the league. It's it's not even a fun joke anymore. Yeah, it's, it's almost just, frustrating, it's, isn't it? As a Chiefs just, fan, you're like frustrated. It's sad. It's like yeah. well, I don't understand. I mean, great, give Brendan Staley a lifetime extension, but like if the Chargers had a good coach, I would be scared. Yep, uh, that's genuinely. what I was terrified. When I thought Shane P- Sean Payton was going to go there, I'm like, he's got all the he, he's got all the pieces, dude. That's scary. But dude, it, here here the Chargers win, which is really interesting. Saying all that we're saying, they beat the Vikings. In week three, so uh, kind of really while in the midst of their struggling, they beat the Raiders, they beat the Bears, they beat the Jets. They lost the Dolphins, they lost the Titans, lost the Cowboys, lost the Chiefs, and now have lost the Lions. So kind of get, getting this whole Dolphins vibe, right? Four, four of their five teams are, four of their five losses are against teams that are making the playoffs. And their wins are against teams that aren't very good. Now Vikings maybe have flipped a corner. Kind of getting Dolphins vibe though, aren't you? Of like they're beating the bad teams and they're losing the good ones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but with the talent, they shouldn't have, and then Dolphins shouldn't have this problem either, which is why the Dolphins have been frustrating for people. They shouldn't have this issue. I, I like I I I think I think we overhyped Justin Herbert. I think that Justin Herbert was pushed too far. But when I said Justin Herbert was Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was a top ten quarterback in the league the entire time he was in the league. I I like that's not like a oh he's terrible. He, he, I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't I don't think he's the top two quarterback. I don't I don't think he's a like a player who's going to go down as a an amazing like all time first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's maybe second ballot. And Philip Rivers might be first ballot, but like I don't think he's a no doubter. I don't think he's in the upper echelon. But I still think he's great. And so, like, this fact that this team continues to struggle. And, I mean, Philip Rivers had the same thing. There's one year. There's a very famous year. I think I believe it's – I think it's 2007 Chargers season. Or it could be uh, it could be 2010. There is a Chargers season in the 2000s where they had the number one offense and number one defense in the league, and they went below 500 in the playoffs. Blows my Cause, mind. Because their special teams was so bad. Like, the Chargers just had the worst luck ever. Um, and – but now it's this is something they can fix. They can get a new coach. You can get a new coach. And everybody knows that's the problem. Everybody's known for two years that's the problem. And they're just gonna stick. And who was the who was the eh coach before Staley? What was his name? Oh uh mm. I cannot think Dude, of it. It's very forgettable. Um But we had the same problem. We were like, this guy's not good either. I don't know why I can't, I'm blanking on his name. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Yes. That's same true. issue. I don't, I mean, I, you need Marty Schottenheimer back. I don't know what to tell you. Like you just, you gotta, you gotta find something because what, what's happening right now? Like I, 
Staley should not have his job now. I know you were like, well, we could maybe save the season and make a playoff run. Like, I don't know what evidence you have for that. So maybe you don't fire your coach midseason. You let him get to the end. But what are you waiting for? Staley's coached 31 games as a Charger. He has one playoff appearance. And and it's a loss. And what happened in that playoff appearance? They blew the biggest lead in playoff history. Pretty much. Uh, what was it? 30? Uh, it might have been the big. No, I think oh. the Chiefs actually have a bigger one. Shh. Just <laughs> telling you. Sorry. I had to bring it up. Um, but I, I, I mean, what, what else do you need? One playoff appearance with that talent and it ends in disaster. Like, I don't know. Just move on. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch as a person who roots for a rival team. Like it's you're clearly well, that just shows you, wasting him. That kind of shows you how bad it is as a rival team, where we're usually just like you know ha ha ha, like we're like kind of getting frustrated. <laughs> it's just like guys, mm-hmm. and well, and they're just they're so cheap. I'm not sure they're gonna do anything about it, or mm-hmm. anything major. I don't know. It's tough, man. All right, David. Let's let's move on before I just start just just getting really really upset about how bad Brandon Staley is and also trying to reckon with the fact that I really just want him to coach forever because it's nice to not have to worry about that Come on. team. Um, midseason awards. We, we have reached the point and we just passed week 10. It's there's now it's, it's 18 weeks. Technically week nine was the midseason point, but who cares? We're doing it now. Sue us. Um, Please don't. Actually. Let's talk about first of all. Let's let's get right the get the easy ones out of the way, and I think the easy one right now um, is probably offensive player of the year. It's like it's I know Tyreek had a one bad game. It, it's Tyreek Hill. Like it's I don't Tyreek. I don't know if it's anybody else. And honestly, Tyreek, this is the like year for the case that Tyreek should be MVP. Um, but you're never they're never gonna do that because they're gonna give no. it to the guy throwing the ball to him rather than him. But like the way that he plays, it's, it's fastest ridiculous. player ever to a thousand receiving yards. Took him eight games to get yeah. to a thousand receiving yards. I mean, and he had a bad game, but he still has a shot at um eclipsing Megatron's record. Obviously, he's gonna get an extra game to do it, so that's gonna help. But he even before he was on pace to smash it in like fifteen games. So yeah. um I think it's got to be Tyreek for offense player of the year. Is there anybody you even see that's that's in second? Um, I think Chris McCaffrey, um, obvious is an obvious, maybe number two. I think someone mm-hmm. maybe like oh, underdog or dark horse. I think a- the way AJ Brown's playing, there's potential. Um, he is first of all just absolutely dominating. He's second in the league behind Tyreek, a thousand and five receiving yards. Um, I don't know the exact stat. I'm trying to find it now, but he's had like six games in a row with 150 plus receiving yards. I, 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 that could be incorrect, but it's very something similar, which it might is an NFL record, I think too. But I mean, he's always. I, I was going to say open. He's not even always open, and Jalen gets in the ball, and he still makes, makes the catch. Like mm-hmm. um, contested catches, you know, yards uh, after contact. Like he's just he's dominating. And so I think there's a potential for him. Maybe if Tyreek has a couple bad games and AJ keeps going, there's a chance I think AJ could get um, Offensive Player of the Year. But maybe those three, besides McCaffrey, AJ Brown, and 
Uh, Tyreek, though, do you, is there someone else that you think deserves maybe a little bit of the conversation? Honestly, no. Like, I don't really think you can have anybody jump out unless they, which offensive player of the year has now just become best offensive player who's not a quarterback award. Um, so I, I just don't really, I, I honestly don't think there's anybody else that's got the numbers to really hang with the guys that you've already mentioned. Um, like see lamb's playing pretty well. I guess maybe if that continues Jamar, Jamar chase has like an outside shot, but I think that they're not going to be good enough. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Guess who, so. uh, it leads is second behind McCaffrey in rushing yards this year. This will be really shocking, but not shocking. Second behind McCaffrey in rushing yards. He's in first with 747. Oh, I'm trying it's, to think of. It's Derrick Henry. And I know we shouldn't be shocked, but like Derrick Henry, like we we wouldn't think Just that he'd quietly, be. Quietly. Yeah. yeah. He's at 625. So. I mean, I think the running back position is kind of diminished in my eyes so recently that like. Uh, further proves my Bills point, though. James Cook is the six most rushing yards of any running back this season. So, but yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I think it's I think it's McCaffrey and Tyreek and AJ, and then I think it's a chasm, and then maybe anybody else. And you'd have to hope all three of them have a couple of bad games. Mm-hmm. Um, defensive Player of the Year, David. Who who are you? Who are you thinking it's going to be? I, I I think we both probably just have two players in mind for this one. Uh yeah, and I'll choose one of them. I think it's Miles Garrett. Dude has eleven sacks, twenty solo tackles. He's forced four fumbles. Um, dude is. I mean, he's just dominating. Uh, and this he's leading this Browns defense. They're they're looking really good. Um, really doesn't matter. I mean, I know they they've given up points. Um, but I feel like even when they give up points, they then like. Turn, force turnovers and and get the ball back for their offense, uh, an offense that needs that. So I, Miles Garrett's just playing very very well, and I think honestly, he's been a guy that has he been kind of overshadowed the last couple of years behind Aaron Donald, and then probably what the guy that you're about to mention. Well, him and I think we also just this year he's still kind of in the running, but it's obviously not as touted. Nick Bosa as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I. What T.J. Watt and T.J. Watt is the other guy. Yeah, yeah. The, and they've definitely overshadowed. I think this is Garrett's to lose, just because it's been a Garrett Miles Garrett has long been one of the three best defensive players in the league. He just hasn't really been recognized for it because he plays in the Browns, and um, also because he plays the same position as Aaron Donald, and so that's been kind of tough for him. I will just run through um, stats for. Uh, TJ Watt, um, I mean, this this year he's still great. The thirty tackles, ten and a half sacks, and a pick. Um, and I, I think that that's it's hard to quantify everything TJ Watt does with numbers. Uh, just like Miles Garrett, I mean, Miles Garrett's getting doubled on every single play, and so that opens a lot of other guys up. But like the Steelers, the jump from what they look like when TJ Watt's on the field to what they look like when he's not, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's maybe the most impactful 
um, outside of a, a quarterback in the league. Seriously, that's how important TJ Watt is. So I think he has to be mentioned. On a, I, I would go with Garrett though. I think I think yeah. it's probably going to be Miles Garrett this year. Um, coach of this- the year. Sorry, did I cut you? get a Miles Miles Garrett point, please? Well, I just realized this looking at total numbers, but there's actually someone else tied for first with sacks in the league, and that's Danielle Hunter of the Vikings. He has 11 sacks. He actually has 34 solo tackles and three forced fumbles. Kind of been quiet, um, but he's right up there. I think if the Vikings keep playing, well, that'll help him a lot. But just um, name brand, it's hard to like, oh, it's going to be Miles Garrett. You know, no, nothing against Daniel Hunter, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Vikings yeah. fans are probably like pissed that he's not getting mentioned in the conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Coach of the year. Um, I think it was Mike McDaniel on a landslide before the Germany game. Um, I don't know if it still is. Is it? <laughs> Is it D'Amico Ryan's? Is it just is it that easy? Like rookie head coach turns around a team this fast that nobody thought was going to be good. He would be my favorite right now. I think he'd be the front runner and the one I would I think he's most of our, and obviously you could do the same thing where like Andy Reid's not gonna get recognized. Well and, he'll never that's dude, I feel like Andy should, has he ever won yeah. it once? Which is just crazy. I, it's it's he's he's getting praised and punished for the Patrick Mahomes thing. And so yeah. and then you can't really separate that, but I think it's Ryan. There's only one other coach um, that I think is legitimately up there with him, maybe even above him. And I, I think Dan Campbell has to be noticed mm-hmm. seven and two. They're first in the division. If the chiefs beat the legals uh, on Monday night, lions are the one seed. Like that's crazy to think that, you know, the Detroit lions are the one seed in the NFC. So I think definitely it's between honestly, Dan or D'Amico uh, at this point. I, mm-hmm. maybe depending on how this Viking season turns out, like maybe there's a chance that, uh, oh my gosh, I just left O'Connell just yeah. left my mind, uh, is mentioned like shockingly that- tall. Aiden O'Connell, shockingly tall O'Connell. He's, I almost said Aiden O'Connell, which is the Raiders. <laughs> Kevin, yeah. Kevin O'Connell, shockingly tall. Every time I see him, I'm like, why are you so tall, Kevin? Why are, yeah. why are you so big? Yeah. So maybe, you know, if this season turns around, you know, after losing this receiver one and quarterback one, maybe there's mm-hmm. a chance case for that. But, uh, you know, well, let's let's do this. If the season were to end right now, who do you think is winning, Dan or D'Amico? I think I would personally think it should be D'Amico. I think it's going to be Dan, though. I think Dan is a, a more a probably more interesting, like, flashier story. He's he's really well liked. I think by everybody and he's like maybe the most famous head coach outside of like Andy Reid in terms of like what you're looking for and and what he says and like most followed and paid attention to um, just because he is so unique in his style of coaching. He's like a classic football guy that I think that he would probably be the winner right now. And, and not that it's undeserved. Assuming, I, I yeah. think it's I think it's deserved. I think he's been a great coach this year. Just look at the yeah. way his team's playing. I guess what's also hard about that scenario is we're kind of assuming the Texans will continue their success. So we, a longer season would help D'Amico's case and that if they keep winning games, whereas right now the Lions are obviously 7-2 and two and they're looking good. So, Especially yeah. if you even just get C.J. Stroud into the actual MVP conversation. 
as a rookie, you got to look at his head coach for that. Like, I think yeah. that you have to give this head coach some credit for that. So, well, and we're not even talking about this award, but we both would be like, right now, it's CJ Stroud at offensive rookie of the year. And if, yeah, if that's you, not even really discussion there. If you get like, your quarterback to do that, then I think he's automatically in the talks to win coach of the year if if, mm-hmm. if he can do that. So, yeah, especially if you have a good season and if they win the division, like going from the number two pick in the draft to winning your division in a year. It's crazy. It's crazy. So th- there's that. And the last one, um, MVP Mahomes and Jalen Hurts just to the front runners odds wise. It's weird. I just don't feel like Mahomes is having that great of a year. I mean, I think Mahomes would probably say that as well. I mean, he did say it after the Germany game when he was asked about um what happened and how he normally bails out the team, but this time it was the defense. And he's like, the defense has been, has been saving me all year. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Jalen offense will be better. I promise. Yes, he did say that. I'm, I mean, I think he has a chance if the, if he actually does turn it around um, and turn it around as in like the offense starts producing at the top five level that it has last couple of years. I think that he's, He's going to be up there again as a favorite. Jalen Hurts is having a really good year as well. He's turning the ball over more, but he's also accounting for quite a few touchdowns. Eagles are obviously playing well. They're the one seed. There's the Lamar conversation, but Lamar didn't play super great against the Cardinals and then didn't really play great against the Browns either. Having him on fantasy, no. Last three games have been a struggle. Right. Um, uh, CJ Stroud, we've already mentioned. Uh, David, at... I guess just to reverse the question you just asked about the coaching situation, um, who do you think is is the one who would win it if the award was given out this week? I think it's either honestly Jalen or Mahomes. Um, I think I know this is like a bias, but I I heard something today that made me think about this. I think. Like, what is this team if you take Mahomes off of it? And I know that the defense has been playing very well. But man, with this offense, I think this is like, is this like Raiders level head scratching if Mahomes isn't pulling this offense down the field with the players and the guys that they have? Like, I I think Mm -hmm. if you have an Aiden O'Connor or a Jimmy Garoppolo on that offense, I think it's awful. And I think one of the worst in the league. I think you're right. Yeah. And I think it's the most valuable player. It's not the best quarterback in the league. So who is the most valuable player? in the league or to that team. And I think right now Mahomes has a case despite what we would call struggles. Um, Mahomes is thrown for 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, and he's second in the league in QBR. And again, I mean, if there's outside of, you know, the top four or five quarterbacks in the league on that offense, it's yeah. What you said, like, I think Mm -hmm. it's one of the worst offenses in this league. So I think Mm -hmm. he's pretty stinking valuable, but also Jalen has 22 total touchdowns. So, Mm -hmm. I could see I mean, it with going to him too. And I think we should I didn't mention him Tua. You gotta mention Tua. Um nineteen touchdowns, seven interceptions, twenty six hundred yards, seventy percent completion percentage. Yeah. He's playing really well. The problem with that is if the Dolphins don't end with the kind of record people think they should, which they're probably going to, honestly, because if you look at the Dolphins schedule, it's not very difficult from here on out. They play like two more games against playoff teams, and the rest of it's pretty simple. The Dolphins are gonna get hurt by that narrative. Um, the MVP is yes, obviously an award for, um, you know, an individual performance, but it's just as much how well is your team doing, which is why they put a lot of quarterback wins is like a 
Yeah. You know, a stat that's heavily debated over, but the, in the MVP, the wins really matter. And so if the Dolphins have three less wins than the Chiefs or the Eagles, I think it's going to be harder for Tua to have a case. Um, yeah. I, I, could, I could look back at the NFL MVPs recently. Um, obviously, I know Mahomes is the most recent winner. Was it Aaron um, Rodgers back-to-back before that? Yes. And I, I believe pretty much every... There's a few exceptions, obviously, um, but every team has like the first or second best record in their conference. There's Lamar in um, 20. Yeah, so Pat, Aaron, Aaron, um, Lamar, Pat, Pat, Brady, Ryan, Newton, Rogers. Like all the, these, these guys are all like their teams are making the conference championship. Yeah, and so the in their their top seed in in their conference. So if the Dolphins can finish with that record, yes. But I, I if they don't, then I think it's going to be difficult. To me, though, that kind of makes sense, Nathan. I, I feel like if your team's four and twelve, you're not very valuable to it. You know what I mean? Like, so I understand. Whereas, no, like, I, I I get that. I, yeah, I kind of get that. And I, but now, oh, they have. Let's let's choose this one because they have a better record now. If it's you know thirteen and four and eleven and five or whatever. Maybe the difference isn't that big, but yeah, I, I could see it as a, a where wins would impact that. Um, but it's I don't know. It's it's weird. It's crazy. Like because from our end, we're like, man, Mahomes is not having a good year. But every sports book in the country is like, Mahomes still has the best odds to win it. Now, is that because they still think he's played well, knowing the offense, or do you think that that's kind of like a, well, we're gonna see normal Mahomes by the time the season ends. You know, I, I wonder what I think it's both. I think it's yeah. a combination of both. I think it's one, it's it's you're looking at it and seeing like, okay, well, let's evaluate the offense here is not playing great, but look at what he's dealing with. And he's still able to win games and stuff with this. And then I think the second is it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes at the top of your MVP rankings, then it's kind of stupid. Yeah, um, he's won it two of the five seasons he's been a starting quarterback, you know, and that's uh, that you just he's one of those guys you're just always going to include. Like Aaron was always in the conversation um, when Peyton Manning was playing. Peyton Manning obviously has won the most MVPs in NFL history. He was always in the conversation. I think Mahomes is just going to be there. He's always going to be probably top three in the odds for most of the year. Yeah. Um, may not win, obviously, but top three every time just because of who he is and past performance. And I think this against the Eagles, I think he has a chance if he goes, you know, three yeah, yards, and, three and touchdowns and no picks. It's like, there you go. You know, beating, so. beating, beating the other top MVP candidate is big deal. Same thing for Hertz. If Hertz beats, goes into Arrowhead and beats the chiefs, he's the instant Ooh. favorite for MVP. And it's going to be yeah. tough to take that away from him. Absolutely. So, all right, David, we've spent a lot of time, um, already talking about this. So let's try to, I guess, try to expedite and make our picks a little quicker. Uh, wow. Favorite upset two wild cards. Uh, you went two and two last week. I went three and one. I'm 26 and 10. You're 23 and 13. That ah, you're oh, pulled away from me, that, bro. It's, I don't know. That four and oh, one and three week is still like yeah. just, it's really weighing heavy. But I finally picked the Bengals, you know, and they just, they twist the knife, you know. It, uh, man, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, David, that you got the Bengals over Texans favorite pick wrong last week. What's your favorite pick this week? Um, first of all, the slate really seems pretty decent this week. Um, much better than last week. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, although the games were still close, it was still like bad games if that makes sense. Um, yeah. uh, give me the Lions. Uh, Lions are playing at home versus the Bears noon game. They're favored by nine and a half. They just look good, uh, and even on an off game, I just I trust that they can beat a Tyler Bagent led team with their coach on the hot seat. So I that line didn't make sense to me. Um, I just you're not going to give them double digits. Mm. I I don't know. I just feel like the Lions. Maybe history is still hanging over the bookkeepers' heads, or, or not the the betters' heads. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Lions. I think Lions over Bears. That's a it's a pretty pretty obvious pick, and I was going to make that if you didn't. So, um, I think what I'm going to go with here to start. I'm going to try to get an easy one as well. You know what the Dolphins do. They beat bad teams. You know who they're playing? They're playing the Raiders. Yes, the Raiders are above 500, but what are they? They're a bad team. Uh, they're favored by 12. The Raiders' offense is terrible. Um, I expect the Dolphins to hang like 35, 40 points. And we'll, once again, people will forget that the Dolphins haven't beat anybody good. And after they win this game, people are going to go, oh, oh, the Dolphins actually the scariest team in the AFC still? They're like, no. They can't beat any good teams, but sure, go ahead. So. Mm-hmm. Upset pick, David. This is, I know you're going to be like, what? why are you saying this? This is kind of risky. Uh, I'm going to give the Vi- Vikings beating the Broncos uh, at mile high. Broncos are favored by two and a half. They get the home push. This, this defense looks pretty decent, and maybe Josh Dobbs going into mile high makes me a little nervous. Um, but this Vikings team's looking good. Uh, there's a... Pretty high chance JJ's back. Justin Jefferson is back, which is going to help Joshua Dobbs even more. You know, Broncos, I know, are looking good, uh, but I got to pick an upset. So there it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Should say that while I think the slate looks better this week, and maybe that's just because we're having some pretty good primetime games, there are quite a few double-digit dogs. Cowboys, Panthers being one of them. Um, Niners, Bucks, which is actually surprising. I know the Bucks aren't, like, great, but... 11 and a half? Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, my upset pick. This is not fun. I just don't really like this. Um, yeah, I kind of picked like not the easy one, but like other than that, it's like, do you trust the Packers to beat the Chargers? You know, like it's. I mean, hey, you got that Thursday night game. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to have to do just because I don't love it. I'm I'm going to take the Bengals um, just because I don't like any of the other teams that are um, heavy, that are underdogs this week. I mean, most of the lines aren't close, but I'm going to pick Bengals over And do you trust the Steelers? The <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take Bengals over the Ravens and just hope that Joe Burrow throws four touchdowns. So, all right, first wild card pick, David. Feels like that's something he's going to do. The Bengals like to play up to their competition for sure. That's very true. Um, I think I'm going to split my wild cards. I'm going to give me one of the gimmies. I'm going to get one of the gimmies, and then my uh, other one I'm going to pick maybe a closer game just to get to get risky. Uh, I'll, I'll take the boys on the road against the Panthers. They're favored by 10.5, as we mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a noon game. Again, another team. Cowboys love to beat bad teams by a lot, and so expect this to be a... 42 to 17 finish. Yes. Start start your Cowboys offensive players in yeah. fantasy. Just Unless you have Tony Pollard. So go ahead and start that. Who I'm trying um, to ship. I am going to take the Commanders over the Giants. 
almost 10 yeah. points. It's nine and a half right now. Um, the Giants are abysmal. And we're going to get Tommy DeVito again, I think, um, mm-hmm. who did throw two touchdowns in the last game, um, but still managed to throw for less than 100 yards passing. I um, thought the story about him living in his New Jersey childhood home with his parents still and that his mom still makes chicken cutlets. So why would he ever leave? Um, I thought that was honestly inspirational. Come on. Um, But I just don't, he's not, he's going to be able to tell people for the rest of his life that he drew a few touchdowns in the NFL. Yeah. So that's absolutely. David, actually, before you pick your next one, quick question. Do you know who the backup quarterback for the Giants is currently? It's not Nathan Peterman. No, it's even funnier. Even funnier. Wait, well, see if well, they would have elevated somebody. So it, it is a quarterback. It's not a position player. I don't know. Right. Matt Barkley. Dagum. I forgot about Matt Barkley. We might see Matt Barkley play football this Sunday. I didn't know Matt Barkley was still even in the league or had a. I mean, he wasn't actually until like last week. I think the Giants just signed him last week. But Matt Barkley could. You told me there aren't other options. I mean, nothing against Matt Barkley. I don't really know much, you know, about him. But like, except he's not very. I. I. Yeah, I'm assuming Jimmy Clausen was unavailable. So yes, Carson Wentz, dude. Former almost MVP before Carson MVP. Wentz, who's made two inquiries to the Jets about if they want him to play quarterback. Um, That's but, a whole nother conversation, bro. They're yeah, I'm riding know. it. Uh, I don't want to do this, but I'm confident in my team. Chiefs over the Eagles on Monday Night Football. They're playing at home, favored by two and a half. They got the home push. Hertz versus Mahomes. Kelsey versus Kelsey. AJ Brown versus Legarius Sneed. It's gonna be a dog fight, but give me the boy or not the my boys, not the boys, because that's a different thing. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm not. I I don't have a lot of confidence again, but I think I'm just mm-hmm. just nervous because of just how big of a game this is. Um, yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're right. I think I think we can win this. Um, I'm not. Read after a bye is good. I think the Eagles are playing well, but I think they're having a season similar to us. They're not dominating teams either. Um, no. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. I am going to go and pick. <sighs> it's disgusting. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I know. I know. It's the first like whatever 20 minutes or the 20 minute segment of this podcast where I eviscerated the chargers, but the Packers are bad and I don't, yeah, uh, they, they beat bad teams. The Packers are a bad team. So, yeah, you know, this feels like a bounce back and we're like, all right, maybe maybe the chargers played well. Let's see if this can continue. You know, I feel like we Mm -hmm. kind of do that a lot. So Mm -hmm. that's true. I have it. All right. Well, that was that was our that was our NFL conversation. Um, we're going to be watching a lot of football this weekend, presumably. Well, I'll, just, I'll be watching the normal amount, so I'm not going to change anything. Hey, um, real quick, what? I I think it's important to note uh, the uh, college football rankings just came out. Oh, jeez. 
and your Missouri Tigers are ranked number nine in the country. That is true. Mizzou, they have you know the what? biggest jump this week, and they jump five spots, top ten in the country. David, I will say it. Um, you were right. You stuck with them. I didn't. I've been burned by Mizzou so many times in my life that I just decided to stop caring. This year, they have seemed to turn it on. Um, I think that the beating Georgia thing was just, it's it's just tough to do that in college football. There's just yeah. there's a different tier of teams, and so they covered the spread, which is like good teams win, great teams cover. So there you go. But the game yeah. against Tennessee was impressive, and obviously they're in line for a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, they're playing really well. It seems like Drinkwitz might actually be the guy to turn this program around. This is the most promising the team has been since. When? 2014 year when they yeah. won the Cotton Bowl with James Franklin and all. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Drinkwitz was just saying this today. He's like, for the first time in my career, we're, uh, we're picking rather than recruiting. Um, and just in fact, like, we have guys, our team's full, and now we have the ability to actually, like, say, hey, sorry, like, we're good here, you know? So that's, that's really cool to hear. But, mm-hmm. um, Brett McMurphy said that, uh, if Mizzou wins out, beats Florida at home, Arkansas on the road, Mizzou's guaranteed a New Year's Six Bowl, um, Fiesta Bowl, Peach, or Cotton Bowl. Uh, so that's exciting, right? If they take care of business against two pretty subpar teams, uh, they're guaranteed a New Year's Six Bowl, which is and wild. It, it could be, it could be Texas, um, yeah, which is who it's projected to be right now, which is exciting because one, I would like to erase that stupid Drew Lock celebration from the internet when he mm-hmm. did that again, the bowl game against Texas and they got clowned by the entire Texas coaching staff, which fair, fair play, you know, whatever. But <laughs> two, funny though, is if they win, we're going to use that meme now for the other reason and be like, yeah. yes, <laughs> two. I just, it's really fun to beat Texas. It is. So if they could do that and then I could, I could start doing horns down. That'd be nice. I was hoping Kansas would, um, keep winning because I think playing Kansas in a bowl game would have been fun, yeah. but uh, Kansas wasn't going to be good enough to make a New Year's Six anyway, so this is fine. Yeah, they're back in the top 25, but yeah, I think they're like 24. But uh, yeah, it's it's Mizzou's first ever top 10 rating in the college football playoff era. So it's exciting. It's kind of it's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? It's like Missouri's just been like that just you could have been good, but you blew a big game team, and it's like, well, they're actually kinda let's, there. Let's just hope they didn't do it one year too early. Let's hope that they can keep this next year because yeah, next year is when this is going to matter. Next year is when this is in the playoff. Next year is when this is actually going to matter. Um, so, yeah. All right, David. Do you ready to talk about a sociopath? Oh, I've been waiting the whole time, bro. Okay. All right. Well, our NFL conversation is over. Um, and oh, I thought now, you were talking about a coat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. And now we're going to talk about the new movie that just dropped on Netflix and sadly was not available in movie theaters in the Kansas city area, despite me searching every single place to see if I could find a screening of it. And I did not. Um, David Fincher's the killer, a movie about a perfectionist hitman um, that has his perfect plan go awry and must find a way to fix the mess that he's created. Um, I guess we'll just probably just keep the whole conversation spoiler free since this movie's been out for like four days and I'm assuming people haven't seen it. David, you and I are both pretty big fans of the films of David Fincher. Um, 
I I have two in my top 15 of all time. Um, I know that, I, I don't know if you have any that high up, but I know that um, you have a couple that are right there for you. Um, he's a guy that drops only bangers pretty much with the exception of maybe Alien 3, you could argue, and Benjamin Button, depending on your opinion of that. And I don't. I I was so excited for this. We had this on our most anticipated. Did it live up to the hype for you? Did this film really deliver? It did. Um, it was different, honestly, than I was expecting, and I had to make that adjustment pretty quickly. And I, I like that it was different. I like that it wasn't your classic assassin. You know, he's killed eighteen people on screen, and it's fast and and bloody and gory. You know, like I like that there's a different approach to it. And I love that as soon as we get into this, I'm like, yeah, this is David Fincher. Like just the kind of tension building music, subtle music, and like the the way he's shooting scenes and the pace at which he shoots it. I was like, we're back to David Fincher. And it's funny because I just watched The Social Network. And so I was mm-hmm. like, dude, like, yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. Like, I mean, both are his movies. So, right, he has similar, obviously, shooting mm-hmm. styles in, in, in both movies because they're his. And I was like, yeah, this is mm-hmm. – we're back, and uh, I loved it. I'm, I I want to rewatch it again. Like I'm mm-hmm. already like I, I want to, you know. Now that I know what to expect, and now I've processed it, like I want to go back and rewatch this, uh, and just you know, pay attention. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Fassbender does a wonderful job, and uh, it's yeah. a difficult performance. I think it's I it think it's really hard. Um, Michael Fassbender. This movie is is completely told from like one POV. There's never a scene in which the main character like isn't you're not in the main character's shoes, essentially. There's a lot of narration in this movie. Your mileage may vary on whether you like that or not. A lot of Michael Fassbender talking about his the character's personal mantras in a monotone voice. I, I It's shot the way that David, like he, the way that David Fincher, the action sequence that he shot, I thought was fantastic. The one, like the one real fight that's in this movie, um, mm-hmm. but all the, the chases were great too. Um, and I just, I, I love like the color he uses. Like he just, his movies just look better. I, they just, they simply do look better. It's like everything looks slick, but it's not like over stylized. Um, it's always like muted colors, but everything looks so cool in the movie mm-hmm. itself. Um, you like, don't you, you love looking at the world, but I never want to visit them. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's that kind of movie. Um, and I, I said at the top of this podcast that um, I think my girlfriend might look at me differently after this. I laughed so many times during this movie. This this movie about a man who's trying to track down and kill people and does it in some pretty sometimes disturbing ways and is and is planning and is making these elaborate plans and talks about the fact that he's not supposed to have empathy. And it's so funny. The music choices are funny. Some of the things that he's saying are funny. The characters' actions are funny. Like and in Fincher's obviously doing this on purpose. He's a very like darkly humorous filmmaker. Like he knows what's funny and like kind of terrible situations and knows how to make you laugh um, even through tension. And I thought he just did that expertly in this movie. There were so many things that I just, I found like what I think a line that sticks out in my head so much is when he's like running from the perceived authorities, the killer is and he stops and he goes, W W I think it's WWJBD or WWJWBD. What would John Wilkes Booth do? 
<laughs> like, yeah. as he's running after an assassination attempt. Like, yeah. I was I I left. I almost started crying. I was laughing so hard at that. Like, that did you see so my funny. review? Yes, I that did. was my favorite. It, I don't want to. I think that's really funny. And like the way he that the needle drop of that like kind of subtle comment is really funny. That I don't even necessarily want to spoil it. I laughed. That was the one I laughed the most at because it's just like how many times have you said that or thought that? Mm-hmm. And obviously, like it's a joke, but like just it's just subtle stuff like that. It's just yeah, it, it was really. Uh, really, really good to me. Um, to answer your question really quick earlier, I don't have any of his in my top fifteen. I have three though in the top in my top fifty. I have mm-hmm. Social Network, Gone Girl, and Seven. Uh, in my top fifty. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, really, really good. Uh, it's tough to act on your own. Um, it's it's easier to to feed off people to build tension off other actors. But yeah, when you're kind of on your own, that's not easy. Uh, and mm-hmm. You know, Michael Fassbender does a really good job. And, and there's a, is this a surprise appearance by this female actor? Or do we know about this? Because I don't think I knew. I um don't think I knew either. I think, I actually, I think I may have seen the cast list. I don't remember. I remember seeing just the outline of her character. I don't want to spoil who it is because I think it's fun yeah. if you don't know. Yeah. I remember seeing the outline of her character and going, oh, yep, that's who it is before they did like a zoom in. Um, yeah, me too. I was like, that's absolutely her. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just very unique. So, Also, a personal thing. Um, this in no way relates really to the plot of the movie at all. Uh, Michael Fassbender's character rents from Enterprise in this movie, which I thought was hilarious. I saw that. I was like, no um, but he rents the worst vehicle in Enterprise's fleet, which I also thought was hilarious. And we rented a Mitsubishi Mirage. Um, and that's a vehicle that you normally, it's like, you can't give away. And anytime I try to rent it to a person, they're always like, uh, you have anything else? I'm like, yes, for more money. And so you especially like, okay. thought that was funny. I just thought that was hilarious. And that's yeah. only a joke that I'm going to think that's only something I'm going to think is funny, but there's also a lot of, like, obviously I said that lines and there's a couple of just like monotone, like hilarious deadpan, um, line deliveries in this movie. But there's a lot of physical comedy as well. Like the way he runs, I think, is inherently funny. Like his character messes up a lot of stuff that's funny as well. It, I just, I really enjoyed this film. Yeah. Um, I don't really think my girlfriend did, but yeah, she promises to love me, um, you know, even if I make her watch David Fincher. So we, we watched New Girl for like eight hours combined this weekend. So we needed a little palate cleanser. Oh, yeah. And we got it. I think one of my okay. First of all, we've we've talked about this. We love a good heist movie, right? Even if it's eh, we're like it's a heist movie. I'm exactly. Yep. Yes, you're speaking my language. Continue. Kind of another a route that I'm always a fan of. Give me a spy thriller, like assassin thriller movie. Like Mm -hmm. I like it. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things about this, it feels accurate. I've never talked to an assassin, so I don't know. But David Fincher does this in this movie. And there is nothing more just like cool for me to watch than like when he's running after that, the first uh, kind of bit of the movie and like, you know, he throws this gun in the alley and he takes this off, folds it up, throws it in the river. Like the way he like gets rid of Tosses his stuff. the backpack in the garbage truck. Like, like yes. just little things. Like it's just so clean and it just looks so cool to me that I'm like, yeah, that, that's how that and, works. That's so and, cool. And and this is another the, the going right along that line. Something else I love every time I see it in a movie, even if it's in a bad movie. Show me a person setting up and then deconstructing a gun. Anybody oh, yeah. like 
building a sniper to then take a shot at someone and then as soon as they take that shot taking the sniper apart and putting it back in this nice little case that's that's mm, that's delicious he picks up weird stuff he picks up the shell and then he cleans off his his coat because the gunpowder like just little stuff yes. like that I'm like there's like a lot of methodical things that were just that's so, so cool. satisfying <laughs> this i also like that he was an assassin that like and you could tell this from the poster he's an assassin that wears like khakis or like joggers you know he's not like wearing a spy hat. every time he's like yeah. he's he's dressed for comfort and for for like it's a blend in he's not like i'm gonna wear this three-piece suit um and somehow just i'm gonna get through my day on the whole movie yeah david how many times in a in your life have you worn a suit Mm, no more than a dozen i know that and they're probably most for weddings or for funerals you know and how i mean even you know your wedding day beautiful day you loved it uh how Mm -hmm. how comfortable is a suit um it's you know doesn't compare to a nice my favorite pair of sweatpants and my favorite sweatshirt. Exactly. And so I like the fact that he's like, yeah, this is a guy who's practical. You know what he's going to do? He's going to wear athleisure when he is staking somebody out. He's not going to he's not going to sit there in a suit. He's not trying to impress you uh with Louis Vuitton. He's he's mm-hmm. trying to get the job done. Yeah. Um, I just I sleep highly... on his rolled up jacket on the concrete floor waiting, you know, like Yeah. It, Love it. I mean, this is a movie about a crazy person. I think maybe we could even dive deeper into it, but I want more people to see it first. It was yeah. getting eh, reviews at film festivals. I think since it's dropped on Netflix, it's been getting a lot more positive reviews. I'd yes. also like to say to people that are being critical and saying like this is a minor work because it's a smaller scale. I think the the meaning of this movie is pretty deep if you look into it, especially if you know anything about David Fincher, and that's not like a a conversation point I'm saying is like, you need to, you need to study the director to understand it. But I think David Fincher is doing a lot of self referential things in this movie. And it's more rewarding if you kind of understand his directing style, but also like nothing, not everything has to be like a major epic. Like there's a place for killers of the flower moon, a story that's trying to like kind of deconstruct what happened, but like the genocide of native Americans and, and, how the part of white people and that and specifically how money played a part in that and does it through this massive nearly four hour scope um, with dozens of characters but it's also like there's also still a place for a movie about a hitman where you he's the only one on screen every scene and you hear a narration monologue like that movie belongs too so i don't fincher doesn't have to make zodiac and uh, fight club every time well, yeah like, all he he's made to, has been these just so like these deep and these these intense movies like why can't he right. just be like i'm gonna put as much work into it but this can be a little lighter like i'm this is i mean i'm reading here it's been a passion project of his for nearly 20 years based on it's based on a graphic novel so he's like all right gone girl was deep and intense and fight club is wild and hard to comprehend and zodiac is as deep and as dark as gong like you know, and I this was cool a, this was clearly just projects. a yeah, just a movie he really wanted to make. Which you and I have long said this, and I will continue to say it. Like pretty much every time you get a good director, and they're just like, "I really just want to do this because I really want to do this." It turns out well. Yep. Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson um, with Licorice Pizza, Christopher Nolan obviously was really passionate about Oppenheimer. Yeah. Greta Gerwig was the same way about 
you know, Ladybird and and Barbie, I think. And they, when they have these passion projects, when these great directors have these passion projects, let them go. Like, let them go. If they've always wanted to do this, let them do it. Like, because yeah. I guarantee you're going to get a good result. Because when great people, great artists care about something, they're going to make great works. That's pretty much every single time. Yeah. So. Nathan, we can go definitely jump back into this movie. Um, and so stop me if this is kind of jumping ahead. Where, if we can even answer this, does this sit with Fincher? And I know that's just a, a question you don't want to answer because you love Fincher Mm-mm. and you have a, an appreciation for him. Is this a is this something we don't even want to answer right now? Or is this, do you even know? I think... Um... Now I I need to I I should be honest uh, I have a couple of unseen I have a couple of lin- list of shame Fincher movies, um I've seen part of Alien Three I have not seen the entirety of Alien Three, um so I definitely need to watch that, uh, and as well I have not seen Panic Room or The Game, so those are those are some other films that I definitely need to, I need to complete before I think I can give an accurate you know depiction but for right now of the fincher movies that i have seen it's tough i I mean i don't know like i don't know is it is it maybe five yes or six but that's because there's he's got two five-star movies and the rest are like minimum four to four and a half like yeah that i've seen so i i just i don't really have like I, I don't have a movie that he's directed that I just, I don't really like, you know? And that makes um, it tough. That's kind of why I was hesitating. Cause it's like, I can we I answer mean, that right now? I mean, I love Mank and a lot of people don't like Mank at all. Um, and I love it. I think Mank is fantastic. And it's very different from this movie. It's, it's maybe the polar opposite venture from this. Um, but, and I love Mank, but like it, I'll tell you this, it's not going to be top three. It, it yeah. I don't, it's not going to reach Gone Girl or Social Network for me. Um, and I, David, I know you're going to be just absolutely giddy with this. I need to rewatch Zodiac um, because I think that <laughs> I know you were so excited for everybody to watch Zodiac and you really wanted um, people to see that movie. David was bugging Zach and I for months and months to watch this movie with him. And I was like, it's two and a half hours. I don't want to watch this. And I watched that it and did I liked turn it. It turned into a joke. For like it two did, week, it for did like a become week, a, I was like, I need this. And I was like, eh. And then you, you know what you got. What do you want to watch? Zodiac? Like he just yeah. kept saying that. So we eventually did actually watch it. And I don't think I gave it probably the proper appreciation. And so I think I need to go back and reevaluate that movie. Um, Unfortunately, but, Nathan, your timing was a little off. It's actually kind of close to three hours long. It's It's a long watch. Yeah, I, and it's it's long. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's very long. But um, I need to rewatch that movie. But right now, I don't think it's gonna crack that. Yeah, that top like upper echelon. Um, and I think I'll move some stuff around. There's a uh, I I haven't seen Case of Benjamin Button in a long time. I haven't seen Girl with the Dragon Tattoo since high school. Like I need to rewatch a lot of these movies. Um, and I nothing's gonna touch Social Network or Gone Girl for me. So yeah. But I, I still think it's great. What about you? What What do you think? I agree. Um, I, I think Social Network, Gone Girl 7, and Fight Club are kind of in a tier of its own. 
Um, not even compared to his own movies. I think just those four movies compared to film as a whole. Yeah. Is like, agree. Oh, those are very high quality movies. So um, I think, you know, I, if you might be able to convince me that it's fifth right ahead of Zodiac, I, I might put it behind Zodiac. Um, I've, I've seen the game, uh, but I've not seen panic room as well. I've not seen alien three as well, but I haven't seen a case of Benjamin button ever. So game was fine for me. I like to make as well. Um, it, it, but again, like you said, it's tough because these are all pretty highly rated movies. And so, I mean, it's got to be pretty much a, a perfect movie, not just in general, but to me for it to be able to top a movie like Social Network or, or Fight Club or something. So, yeah, it's tough. That's what happens when you're a good and, and a successful director is you have some of the best work. So then your new movies are compared to the best films that have been made in the last decade. You know, so I mean, I think it's if you're really looking at like American filmmakers of the last 30 years. Um, it's Fincher, Tarantino, and I personally, I would just put PTA out there. And I think it's been like really those three um, have been like kind of the, the big tentpole filmmakers. That Shyamalan? What the heck? Stop. <laughs> I'm just, that's just disgust. It's disrespectful. It's, uh, he's not even in tier two. He's like tier seven, um, maybe, if I'm being generous. But... <laughs> I, those three are, I feel like, neck and neck with each other. And I think what's so interesting about that um, is that two of those guys have never been recognized by the Oscars. They've been nominated. Um, but Fincher doesn't even get nominated as much as he should. But PTA and Fincher don't win. Um, and I I just... I, I, I feel like one of those guys is going to go his whole career without getting an Oscar and like just looking back at the movies that they make that the fact that that's possible is it's, it's crazy. Blows you away. Really Fincher won. Fincher didn't win anything for his, you know, top four movies, no director, no best picture, no, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. He has not won an Oscar. He, and the most, he, he's a victim of the most egregious, um, best picture pick ever. The King speech over the social network is stupid. How many oh. King speech conversations have you heard since that movie came out? Us, when we're talking about how it won a Best Picture. <laughs> exactly. Every time somebody mentions the King speech, you talk about how it shouldn't have won Best Picture over the social network. The social network is one of the most important movies of the 21st century, and the King speech is, I don't know, give me a scene from the King speech. I've not even this seen is, it yet. I want to see point. it, but I keep pushing it down my watch list. This is, is I just the social network is one of the greatest works of American cinema in in ever. I'm gonna say in ever. I'm gonna say of all time. Um and a lot of that has to do obviously with Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin, the screenwriter, but it's Fincher as well. And then that, that movie not winning Best Picture is like it just it's so stupid. So hopefully he's not gonna get recognized for the killer. Obviously, I don't really think this movie was kind of set up for that. Mank honestly was, and I think that was one of his best shots at winning. And it was a Hollywood story and he didn't win for that. And so I, I think he hopefully I, I hope he gets one, but um it's just kind of crazy when you go through and see the amazing movies that these these you know great filmmakers make and they're just not they don't get recognized for it so well i think i think the biggest head scratcher of of all time in the history of the oscars i think is just at the al pacino case um you know the godfathers and goodfellas and scarface and dog day afternoon and this and this and this and he won once and it was for i forgot it you remember it and i always forget it what movie 
Are you talking about? Well, you just listed. Are you talking about Scorsese or are you talking about Pacino? You're talking about Pacino, Pacino. as an actor. Oh, yeah. son of a woman, son of a woman. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the most just of all time. Oscar, just what of all the movies that Pacino was in and just was marvelous in, and he didn't win any of those. Like so, uh, yeah. And you could say the same thing for like Martin Scorsese as a director who, mm-hmm. you know, gets like an Oscar for The Departed when he should have got an Oscar for Goodfellas and when he arguably should have got, um, like. I mean, he he could have gotten he should get an Oscar this year and he's probably not going to. And it's it's tough. It's it's not. I mean, it the Oscars are wrong a lot. And that's honestly what makes them entertaining is because it's not just a foregone conclusion. But I think it's it's just it's going to be really depressing if Fincher doesn't win one and if PTA doesn't win one as well. Like, I just yeah. I don't know how you deal with that. So it's tough. But I don't think they're done anytime soon. And I don't think Fincher's no. done. I think he loves doing it. Um, yeah, uh, Nathan, before we move on, I have one question. Is, is there anything else you want to talk about the killer? I think we, you know, without spoiling it, we've really covered it pretty well, I think. Yeah, I think I'm thinking pretty good. Again, I just want people to see this movie. So it's been number one on Netflix, obviously, since it came out. Um, just watch it, honestly. Uh, I think you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, we got a couple movies um, coming out that are out now. What are you looking forward to most? Um, I feel like it's it's been quiet since kind of Barbie and Oppenheimer, but I feel like it's picking up a little bit now. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one. I don't really have any, and I don't plan on making any plans to see the Marvels in theaters. Um, I have not watched Loki season two. I haven't watched Secret Invasion. I think I'm just out on the NCU. Um, I think that Guardians of the Galaxy Three feels like a last, a good last stand, and that's kind of it as far as like me being a real fan of it. I'll probably watch the Marvels when it comes out on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, the Holdovers is getting good buzz. I honestly don't really, I'm not really super interested in that film. Um, what I am excited for the movies that are that are coming out that I definitely want to see. I can actually just look here on my AMC app. Not, hey. not not sponsored. You guys, you guys but, are listening to an AMC A-lister. Yeah, that's true. You are. Um, <laughs> first of all, Napoleon comes out Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I can't wait to see that film. Um, I've been looking forward to that since I saw the first trailer. Uh, I I like the a couple uh, Ferrari, Michael Mann. Yes, um, the Iron Claw. I've been talking about for a while. It's a professional wrestling movie, but it's. It's going to be like a pretty heavy drama. It's, um, I would encourage people to not look up the story of the Von Erics, but go and watch that movie. I think you're going to be shocked by mm. how much you enjoy it. Um, and, you know, if I have to pick, honestly, Thanksgiving, like a Thanksgiving horror movie, I'm, int- I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see what it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the that could be good. And I don't know if you've seen trailers for this movie or not. Um, it's technically a Christmas movie, I guess. The new John Woo action movie uh, director of a lot of great Hong Kong action films, but most famously to people in the U.S., uh, Face Off, which is just a ridiculous film, is making a move with uh, Joel Kinnaman, who is um, famously uh, Rick Flagg in The Suicide Squad. It's probably his most well-known role to American audiences. It's called Silent Night, where his um, one of his 
family members gets killed in a like a gang um shootout on Christmas Eve and so then he plans to kill everybody involved in the like gang shooting the next Christmas Eve. So it's a Christmas action movie. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll watch. Yeah. I'll there. I'm there. Oh, I'm I'm there. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? I think uh, a couple for me that you didn't mention uh is Priscilla and I believe it's out even now. Uh yeah, release date November 3rd. Um but it's about Elvis Presley's um former wife uh and uh kind of from my understanding it's it's Sofia Coppola directing but it's kind of from her point of view because we get a lot of Elvis point of view um movies and so I've heard this one's a little different with with uh it's not not paint Elvis in a positive light which I think that if you just look at the body of evidence is probably a more accurate depiction of Elvis than Mm -hmm. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis um so but so that's interesting. We will, we will see. Um, really, really interesting to see. Another one um, that, you know, I, I kind of low expectations, but I, I am kind of excited for the Hunger Games movie. Sophie and I are going to see it Friday. Um, I don't expect it to be amazing. I, I don't even necessarily expect it to be better than the originals. Um, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Kind of about the very first ever Hunger Games about President Snow kind of upbringing. Um, I expect it to be entertaining. The action scenes might even be pretty good, kind of with within the you know first Hunger Games and all the in those scenes. So kind of going with low expectations. Um, you and I differ greatly in that. I I don't care at all. Yeah, which is weird because I really, really, really did care about the Hunger Games movies. Not as much so whenever Mockingjay come out. I think at that point it kind of worn off a little bit for me, but like. The first Hunger Games I remember being maybe the biggest event when I was in middle school ever. And then Catching Fire, I remember thinking, wow, this is an amazing film. I don't know if I've rewatched them since. So huge Hunger Games person. Have no, I have no interest in seeing this movie. Yeah. Like even um, when it comes out on streaming or just like you're not going to I mean, pay maybe. Maybe when it comes out on streaming, but I, I, I don't even pay per movie. You know that I just pay per month. So that's true. But, you could like... I don't really know that it's worth for me. It's not worth the like 30 minute round trip drive plus the three hours to watch that. So I I was doing this with Marvels. Is this kind of what you're going to do? If this gets like, wow, this is actually at a 3.8 a week in. Uh, Maybe I'll go check it out. Like if it gets like pretty decent reviews, will you then be like, all right, I'll check it out. Or is it like, no matter what you're like, yeah. Um, I think if it gets decent reviews, then yes, I can, I would definitely look at it. I mean, the Marvels is not getting good reviews at all. Um, but I think part of that is like, there's a, there's just a large portion of, especially the MCU audience. that's just predisposed to hate this movie. And it's like, it was getting poorly reviewed before it was even out, um, by people who had not seen it. Like, yes, there's critics who get advanced screenings and stuff, but there are people who had not seen the movie who were just like, one star marvel sucks like so i'm not really as interested in that but what i will say is that i did read a i read a snippet of a review i believe it was in the new york times um from the the ballad of songbirds and snakes and they just said like the most offensive part about this movie isn't that it's even bad it's just really boring and so it is two hours and 37 minutes is it really Yes, um, which feels like that's unnecessary. So, 
I don't, I don't know. know. That. That's that's definitely giving me pause. Um, it's like, why? It's mm-hmm. just don't. I just don't feel like that's a that's a runtime you need for a concept like that. And and wow. there's a lot of like callbacks to the original movies and like the bow and stuff in the trailer. And I know that it technically takes place way before the events of the Hunger Games. But like, are we gonna do this story again? Like, girl from a District Twelve like fights and shows that. The capital is evil, and the truth is eerily like stand up, and that very like, similar. This it uh, the and this may be, be the way that the trailer is portraying it, but it just feels like a carbon copy with different actors, and, and yeah. so I'm not interested, you know. But yeah. maybe it'll no, be wrong. I, if if yeah. you see it and you like it, then yeah, I'll watch it. But if you yeah. see it and you're like meh, then no, I'm not gonna spend two and a half hours on it. No, yeah, for sure. I know I'll let you know for sure. Um, really. Only a couple. I'm not really. Again, you, I kind of feel the same way about this new Aquaman movie as I do with the Marvels. Um, another movie, Wonka with Timothy Timothy Chalamet. In fact, that could be like a, a low low stakes kind of a fun movie. Comes out December fifteenth. I think I won't be watching musical, it opening so night out. because that's you know a wedding the yeah. next day. But uh, mm. no, that's uh, what I we th- should do. That's where the rehearsal dinner is. It's just a screening okay. of Wonka. Did you not know that? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, really, only other mentioned movie, and I don't really know much about it, but Poor Things, starring Emma oh. Stone. Oh my Apparently gosh, I forgot about Poor Things. Really, really oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Your Ghost I, Yeah, I want to see that. Uh, Emma Stone is the current front runner to win Best Actress based on her performance in this film. So, I'm I'm very very excited about it. I forgot to mention that um, because I feel like I've been seeing trailers for it for eight months now, and it, I think it got delayed once and. Um, I don't even know if it's actually coming out this year anymore. I thought December eighth, twenty twenty three, is what Regal says. Okay, um, so we'll we will we'll check in and see because I thought poor thing. I'm gonna actually Google it right now. We'll... Yeah, but that it stars Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, William Defoe, Christopher Abbott, Margaret Qualley, and Jared Carmichael. So a pretty good cast, honestly. Mm-hmm. But obviously Emma leading that. Yeah, yeah, they had pushed it back a couple of times because it was supposed to actually come out, I think, at a certain point earlier this year, and then it was pushed. Um, but it is going to come out on the 8th. I will be watching that for sure. Um, I'm I'm very excited. I've heard very good things about that movie. So, but Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I mentioned, there is kind of a lull, but there are really some pretty good movies still to come. Unfortunately, um, we won't get Dune, which is a travesty. I'll have to <sighs> wait uh, for the winter, which is whatever. Um, but yeah. Some good movies still to come, and yeah, it's exciting. So, any other movies, any other thing, movie topic wise, you want to dabble in? Um, no, I, I mean the strike's over, so hopefully that'll help. But I think we're yeah. we're gonna see some hangover from it. We're definitely gonna see a, a I think probably a pretty thin twenty twenty four too, and that maybe twenty twenty five is when it pick, picks back up. I've already seen a couple of things that have been pushed off because of strike delays and stuff so that's tough but it happens um hopefully the actors got what they wanted from from the studios so yeah th- thankfully it's over thankfully yeah. they, they agreed um but yeah hey been talking about movies mainly started this conversation movie wise with the killer uh it's on netflix it's available um uh, fun watch uh, as, as it is an assassin movie and it may be kind of dark but really there's enough humor in there where it's, it is kind of a fun watch i don't know um, just just look up other david fincher movies if you're unsure about whether it's for you and i would say if you don't really see one in there that you love you probably isn't your kind of movie so yeah it's possible 
So, uh, so yeah, watch that. Uh, you know, watch the movies that we're we're excited for, or you know, Oppenheimer's back in theaters for a limited time. So spend your money to go rewatch that. Um, but been talking about the killer, and been previewing week eleven of the NFL season. Uh, it's been fun. We went, went a little long, but hey, we could talk all night. Uh, we like both football and movies, and so there is no time limit with that. Mm-hmm. Unless it's two hours and 37 minutes for a Hunger Games prequel, then there is That's a time true. limit. That's true. If this so. movie is really good, our next podcast has to be that long in honor of the Hunger Games. Uh, I think I'll just, I think I'd just rather participate in the Hunger Games didn't talk about that movie for that long but okay are we that far never mind uh (laughs) this has been what do you want to watch um it's been fun chatting with old nathaniel and old dave uh thanks for listening we will talk to you later (laughs) oh so mad at you if you call me nathaniel i will